At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. This is the last of how many top tens did we do? Top ten bullpens, baby. This was like two and a half, three weeks of top tens. I think it was 15 episodes, maybe 16 if you count the top 100. Yeah. Damn. Damn. All right. That means the season's close. That means we're like, what, two weeks out of, of MLB regular season action. We are getting farther into the World Baseball Classic. We just saw the Dominican flex its muscles against Nicaragua yesterday. Uh, we're recording before the U.S. takes on Canada. Uh, but you and I were texting this morning, and I think we both are like fans of chaos now that the U.S. lost to Mexico. So before we get into what we want to happen now, let's talk about that U.S.-Mexico game because Mexico controlled from the jump, and they did not get off America's jugular. Um, I don't want to say that the U.S. team is half-assing it because, like, the players are obviously not half-assing it. They're giving it their all. The arms on the mound are giving it their all. The lineup probably could not have been constructed any better. The problem is the pitching staff. Like, none of the best pitchers in baseball are throwing for the U.S. And, oh, by the way, another problem seems to be the crowds you're playing in phoenix i understand that there's going to be a very heightened mexican population there but that was a home game for mexico they were talking about that on fox um i mean dude like i'm turning on venezuela i'm turning on the dr i'm turning on puerto rico i'm turning on mexico and i'm turning on chinese taipei japan korea all these are raucous environments and then you turn on the u.s games and it's like a Carolina basketball game. Like it's a wine and cheese crowd. It's not, it's not hyped up. It's not anything that those guys that they can really live off of. Yeah. I think the discourse surrounding the United States right now, especially on social media, and you even see it on TV, MLB network, it's about as negative as possible. Um, I was even getting messages um, that the United States should already relieve Mark DeRosa of his duties as the manager of the the country. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. The country. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the United States and you know that Garrett Cole is a pitcher that could be on your team, you know that Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer, 
some of the best pitchers in baseball, Jacob DeGrom. Now, all of them, maybe outside of Garrett Cole, you could say, well, they're aging. They don't want to pitch in this type of atmosphere. But you look at every other prohibitive favorite. Sandy is the best pitcher in the world. He's pitching for the Dominican Republic. Julio Arias finished second in NL Cy Young voting last year. He's pitching for Team Mexico. Puerto Rico has their guys. Venezuela has their guys. But the United States in game two against Mexico started Nick Martinez. And Nick Martinez projects to be the fourth starter for the San Diego Padres. There's a couple of Americans on the Padres team that aren't pitching in this World Baseball Classic. Like Brady Singer is a very solid young pitcher who projects to be a great pitcher for the Royals. But he's like the guy who comes in after. Then you have like Daniel Bard, you know, Aaron Loop pitched okay. And then we finally saw Devin Williams, Ryan Presley. But you look at the United States and you look at the pitching staff and it's just not representative of what the country has. So I I think that the bullpen is fine. Like I think they did a decent job. Yeah. It's another, yeah. It's the starting rotation, man. It's Adam Wainwright, Miles Michaelis, and Nick Martinez to this point. I think Merrill Kelly is going to start game four, but I'm just going top to bottom in ERA last year. And these are Americans that could have thrown and like, maybe let's try and make an excuse for them. Verlander, he's 40. Dylan Cease should probably be on this team. Alec Manoa, he should probably be on this team. Max Freed, maybe. Shane McClanahan, maybe. Zach Gallen, maybe. There's not much tread on these guys' tires. Even think about a guy like Tyler Anderson. Shane Bieber, I understand, coming off of the shoulder thing. Carlos Rodon, I understand, for health reasons. But like Logan Webb, Joe Musgrove, Tristan McKenzie, for crying out loud. Like all these guys sound better. And why would Tristan McKenzie turn down the opportunity to pitch for Team USA? He wouldn't. I'm wondering if these guys even got asked the young stars in starting rotations. How about Corbin Burns, who was asked and said no? But I understand because he's he's doing like the whole arbitration thing and like he, uh, he had a lot of shit going on. I don't know. A lot I'm, of shit I'm going on. He just had to a, make he had excuses. A, he had a rough arbitration with the Brewers, and now he's getting ready for the regular season. Does that mean like he can't pitch in the World Baseball Classic? Nick no. Martinez threw 57 pitches. Is that going to ruin your career? I don't think so. But with that said, with that said, we have to give a lot of credit to Team Mexico. Um, I interviewed Patrick Sandoval with Tucker Davidson yes. on the latest episode of the Arm Barn, we'll and he started. He started against the United States and speaking with him. He didn't feel the pressure like I thought he might when we were asking him about it. He called it an elevated spring training start. He knew that after that loss, they were going to come out and give the United States all they got. And Team Mexico was also littered with major league talent. Plus, Patrick Sandoval versus Nick Martinez. Give me Patrick Sandoval. And then Javier Assad looked great. And he's also a really good pitcher. Like the Mexico, Team Mexico paired really good major leaguers with a home field advantage in a must-win game after losing to Team Colombia. The United States won their first game. They beat Great Britain without showing much. They won 6-2. to Because Great Britain sucks ass. Like we Great Britain's terrible. Like, yeah, I mean, Great Britain's not very good. So the United States, I felt like, went into this game not expecting what Team Mexico was going to throw at them. And that was the reason I gave out Team Mexico plus two and a half. I should have given out the money line because 
this is a game that in World Baseball Classic history, they win. They've beaten the United States in multiple tournaments. The yeah. United States finally put it together in 2017, winning their first ever World Baseball Classic. But with that said, I could look dumb saying this right now. But I gave out a pick, and obviously you're hearing this Tuesday, so it could either be really wrong or I could look really smart. I'm taking the USA minus three and a half on the run line. So they have to win by four or more runs. Yeah. It's Mitch Bratt, a single A guy for the Texas Rangers, who's performed pretty well, but he's 19 years old. But he's old. a single A arm, yeah. He's the youngest player ever to play for Team Canada, or at least to start a game for them. He's 19 years old. You have a predominantly right-handed United States lineup with Lance Lynn on the mound, who you know plays with a chip on his shoulder. Yeah. With all the negative discourse surrounding the United States, we're going to get a legacy performance from Lance Lynn combined by a mostly right-handed lineup giving it their all to a 19-year-old who I'm sure will have nerves. Yeah. Mookie Betts and Mike Trout. Mookie is hitting 100. Mike Trout's hitting 167. I think that changes tonight. I think the talk about the United States changes after they beat Canada by 10 runs plus. Yes, I could absolutely see that happening. Um, but I want to go back to the Mexico point that you made. Like credit to Mexico, who you have a ticket on to win the whole thing yep. and to win the pool. Uh, reminder, two teams make it out of the pool. So Mexico can still win the pool and the U.S. could make it out uh, if things you know go, go down in the right order. Joey Manessis was exactly what they needed to get the ball rolling here. And, and a team like Mexico, you can't give them momentum in Phoenix, Arizona, because that crowd and that team, the way that they play with so much emotion, much like what you're seeing in Miami right now with DRPR and, and Venezuela, um, you know, they'll just run away with it. And after that Joey Manessis home run in the first, like you felt like Mexico was going to run away with it. And Arm and I were texting last night about Manessis as a prospect because he was a 30-year-old rookie last year in Washington. He was great, 930 OPS in like 80 games last year. He was awesome. And he's going to be a, a big factor in the middle of the order of a really bad team in Washington moving forward. Manessis is a perfect example of the guy that I know you've heard Arm refer to this as the Ty France effect, like he just hits and hits and hits and is underrated almost to a fault like Manessis in 2018 when he was 26 years old in the Phillies triple a Lehigh Valley hit 311 with 23 homers in an 870 OPS didn't get him called up that got him off of the roster and out of affiliated baseball he spent the next year in the Japanese league wow. like it doesn't make any fucking sense with Joey yeah. Manessis and, and that proves that while we do like to think of this thing as a meritocracy, sometimes it just isn't. Hitting 311 with 23 homers should get you a major league call-up, especially if you're a 26-year-old and you can mash and you can play first, you can hop into a corner and not suck out loud. Um, it didn't give Manessis that opportunity, but that guy stuck with it. He played some years out of affiliated baseball. He hopped back in. He raked in the Red Sox organization. He raked in Rochester last year before his call-up. And again, in 56 games, he hit 324 with a 930 OPS. So if there's any good example of never giving up, it's not the Michael Jordan JV bullshit. Michael Jordan was really good in high school. It's a guy like Joey Manessis. Like that is the perfect example where if you love it and you think you are good enough to do it with all of your being, 
you do it. And it was so cool to see him explode on that stage. That kind of fired me up. That was a good pep talk. I there like we that. go, man. <laughs> One more thing on this uh, Team Mexico game, because I think we're doing a disservice to baseball around the world if we don't talk about this man, Randy. If we don't talk about Crazy. this man, Batman, Randy, a Rosarina. This is a quote directly from Patrick Sandoval. And when I asked it to both Tucker and Patrick, both of them kind of sat back and thought to themselves, yeah, this is the quote. It's unspoken, but if you watch baseball, you know. It's big game Randy. Enough said. It is a known thing around Major League Baseball that you do not want to face Randy Rosarina in big moments. The dude in the World Baseball Classic so far hitting 556. Every single at-bat is as competitive as possible at the top of the lineup for Team Mexico. I look around the entire World Baseball Classic, and I think to myself, is there truly anyone you'd want to face less than Randy Rosarina? Bases loaded, two outs in the bottom of the ninth inning. And this is a World Baseball Classic with Shohei Otani, with Mike Trout, with Mookie Betts, with Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, Juan Soto, Julio Rodriguez. I don't want to face Randy. I do not want to face that man. That is a bad man. I mean, first inning game one, he's like 0 for 0 and he's already hot. That's the thing about him. And we right talked from the it. jump. He's a Took tournament guy. Two minutes. He's a, two he's minutes. a weird tournament guy. And like, this is a weird tournament. So shout out Randy Arena. Like if... I think if you could bet on, you know, most outstanding player of the World Baseball Classic, Randy probably would have been near the top odds on favorite. And you still would have put some money on him. Like Otani probably would have been number one. If Randy was two, you're still sprinkling on Randy because, you know, it's like it's probably going to happen. Yeah, he's probably going to go like he went three for five against the United States. He's probably going to go two for four, three for five every single game with extra base hits, with home runs. And he's just got the bravado. Like that picture of him standing on second base after that first game where he's just cross-armed and just looking around like he he found a camera. This place. He found a camera. He owns this type of atmosphere. So that's what you have to nail. Like, Randy, if you're going to do that, you cannot for a minute show signs of weakness by looking around trying to locate a camera. You have to have eyes on a camera and go there immediately. And that guy aced the camera mean mug. If you can't find a camera, eyes go to the dugout and you mean mug your teammates. But if you can if you can get the camera, that's the money shot right there. That was perfect from Randy. Last thing on the World Baseball Classic, I'm pretty happy right now with how my bets are. I, they might not hit. Of course, it's still, you know, there's still ways to go. But Mexico to win Pool C plus 450 after that 11 to 5 game against the United States, because we have to remember it's not just wins and losses, it's run differential. So picking up six on the United States is huge. Not only that, but plus 1800 to win the entire thing. And then how about Japan plus 300, the only undefeated team, the team that nobody is in their ballpark? It just doesn't seem like it. Even the Dominican Republic, United States, Mexico, it just seems like the four pitchers at the top with Otani, Darvish, Yamamoto, and Roki, and then all of their hitters with their defense and their experience of being there before, the crowd behind them, they just seem like a freight train that nobody can stop. So I'm very, very happy with how the bets have 
have uh, held up so far. So, uh, but the, except Chinese Taipei, 0.2 units at plus 750. They were fighting there for a little bit, but then they got relegated. Gotcha. <laughs> um, so here's a guy that like has really jumped out to me. Like, obviously, Otani's playing great and, and all the pitching has been great. Murakami hasn't been that good. Yoshida has been good. This kid Kondo, who's in the two hole for them. Oh yeah, like Lars Newbar's been great, but Kondo, like I had no idea about <laughs> yeah. him at all. And all of a sudden, he's on base all the time. He's rocking a six hundred OBP. Like it's every so- time I watch a highlight, this guy's coming in to score. It's so funny. I said the most underrated player in the World Baseball Classic is Munetaka Murakami, but it's not. It's this guy. Like he has, ch- he hits everything. Every single at bat too is kind of like Royal Santos with Cuba competitive ABs like every single time he's up to bat it's entertaining like I remember watching Luis Robert and Yuan Mankata even though Mankata had a great game last game just it's not entertaining it's not competitive it's boomer bust these guys who you haven't really heard of they're making a name for themselves they're taking the disrespect of nobody mentioning them among a team with so many superstars and he's been the best hitter on their team Kensuke Kondo, 5'7", 29 years old. Last year, 106 games, hit 300 with a 420 OBP. I mean, the dude is constantly on base. So shout out Kensuke Kondo, man. That guy's kicking ass. Um, I'm rooting for chaos now. And, And we talked about this via text. And like, this is probably a take in the minority. But... I wouldn't hate seeing the U.S. and the Dominican bounced in pool play. I It would be interesting. Like, I'm kind of all about the chaos that's ensuing right now with the two heavyweights that everybody immediately sharpied in to the semifinals in the DR in the U.S. I think I have a similar type of feel that you have um, about this because I wouldn't mind it. But at the same time, like, I want to see the United States face Japan, face the DR, face Venezuela, face these really good teams. Yeah, There's a part of me that wants them to get eliminated to for a little kick in the ass saying these other countries are taking over the sport that was invented in America. That's why we need the redeemed team, right? Exactly. Like then next World Baseball Classic, let's get every good starter under the sun and make a super team and make a run at it. But then there's another part of me that wants them to win the whole thing because we live in the United States. And it would be amazing when we're down there in Miami and the United States is hoisting the WBC trophy. That would be incredible. But I'd rather them win than lose. But if they're going to lose, I want them to get embarrassed. I want them to get embarrassed so that the next World Baseball Classic, we see the greatest team ever assembled. That's fair. So hopefully we're talking to you after a route of Canada, yeah. but if it's either tight or they lose, then you may be leaning into this idea that we absolutely. Have. All right. Top 10 bullpens. We've got three honorable mentions. They're the Blue Jays, the Phillies, and the Rays. Let's start with the Blue Jays. Jordan Romano is a good closer. We know that. He was like top 15 on this list last year. He just missed the top 15 this year. So Romano not there. They get Eric Swanson in the Teoscar Hernandez trade, but then it's Jimmy Garcia and then Adam Simber who pitches a lot, but is he particularly good? It falls off after Romano and Swanson, I think. Yeah. I mean, Anthony Bass was a big time get 
Um, I know he was very good for the Blue Jays last year. I still like him. He's 35 years old. I think he's still a really solid guy. Tim Meza is, I think he's like a 3-5 ERA guy. He's projected 3-5-6 on Fangraphs. I mean, that's just, that's a good lefty to have because this bullpen is all right-handed except for Tim Meza. So he's an important part. Um, But then, yeah, I mean, it's Mitch White. It's Trevor Richards. They aren't flashy, but I think it's a very solid group. Like, I don't see a glaring weakness. I don't see some dude throwing, you know, fuzzballs and fuzzballs in the worst way possible, just like a 95-mile-an-hour fastball with no breaking balls and like a hole in their bullpen. Right. But I also, I, I agree with you. I think Jordan Romano is a very solid closer. I don't think he's in the upper echelon of closers in Major League Baseball. But at the same time, he's still very solid, and they have a lot of those type of guys. So they're an honorable mention. Very good bullpen. The yeah. upper half of Major League Baseball. If you asked Phillies fans before last postseason where they would rank their bullpen, they would say 30th, and there's nobody close. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, the bullpen comes around, and Alvarado and Sir Anthony Dominguez look like the second coming of the Messiah. So – I, they are an honorable mention, I think, because of a postseason bump. Dominguez and Alvarado went on our elite back-end relievers. They are not top 15, but they are just on the outside looking in. What do they get from Craig Kimbrell? What do they get from two-time All-Star? Is he deserving of that? Gregory Soto. Um, <laughs> I like Bellotti and Connor Brogdon. Matt Strom is okay. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. Like There are a bunch of names that they can go to. The question is, are they all four ERA guys? Yeah, I would take the Blue Jays bullpen over this bullpen. Um, They're very, very strong at the top. I think Sir Anthony Dominguez is a fantastic reliever. Kind of similar to Jordan Mono. I think he's in that kind of tier of the upper echelon of major league closers. Jose Alvarado is, I think, still just a very, very good lefty. And it feels like Alvarado has been in the league for a very long time but he's still just going to be 28 years old. His best season could be in front of him. I just think Craig Kimbrell sucks at this point. Like he was Dodger fans know, especially and as bet a guy who bets on the Dodgers too, when it's the ninth inning and they're up by three and you have Dodgers minus one and a half, you are not comfortable. You are not comfortable. And I am not comfortable with Craig Kimbrell. And I think Phillies fans are going to learn. You will not be comfortable with him either. Gregory Soto is, I think he's going to be much better in a role more suited for him. Kind of this sixth, seventh inning role instead of a closer. Can't throw strikes, dude. Yeah. He's an all-star game merchant, but he's still got electric stuff. It's just, you got to throw strikes. But I think in lower leverage situations, I think the command ticks up a little bit. But the reason I like the Blue Jays is because they're so much deeper. Like Bilotti, I think is fine. Strom is solid. Brogdon is okay. Nick Nelson is okay like they have much more okay guys in the blue jays um and their top end is not that different from toronto but i still think with that said the phillies bullpen is in the top 15 but i would say they're hanging on by a thread in the honorable mentions yeah so i for some reason like i've latched on to connor brogdon and i've tried to answer the question why and Brogdon is a low to mid 80s changeup that has an expected batting average under 200. It's a high 80s cutter that has an expected batting average under 200. 
And then it's a 95 mile an hour fastball. And like, yes, people can hit a 95 mile an hour fastball. He throws it 32% of the time. He throws the change up 43% of the time. So I'm thinking if he goes change up 45%, four seamer in the high 20s, cutter in the high 20s, like, I don't know. I like that three pitch mix from a middle inning guy, but I didn't yeah. think we'd expect, I, I didn't think we'd be talking about Connor Brogdon for 45 seconds on the Just Baseball show. But here we are. Yeah. Like I, for example, I would rather have Adam Simber than Connor Brogdon. They're kind of play probably similar roles. The toss up. And that kind of conversation is how, you know, we need a different hobby. Yeah. That's a good point. Gun to your head. Who do you want? Adam yes. Simber, Connor Brogdon. <laughs> Neither. Throw in Jose Ruiz. Can't decide you're dead. Uh, all right. Tampa is the last honorable mention in Tampa. You just immediately default to, Oh, like they're one of the best bullpens in baseball. They just spawn out of nowhere. Take a gander at the names in here because not a lot of them are left. A lot of them have moved on to greener pastures. Their big three, Pete Fairbanks, Jason Adam, Jalen Beeks. Fairbanks just got extended. Adam is very, very good. Beeks, eh, he's fine at times. Colin Pochet, fine at times. But like Nick Anderson, he's gone. Like, there are a lot of names that created this aura around them that are no longer in Tampa and it shows. We just spoke about Jose Alvarado, former Ray. Um, and yeah, I look at this Tampa Bay bullpen and you're right. There is that level of, well, I don't really know much about Kevin Kelly and Trevor Kelly. I like Kevin Kelly. I know nothing about Trevor Kelly, but, but Kevin knowing- Kelly rule five. Knowing the Rays, what do you think they're going to turn him into? A guy like Garrett Clevenger was great for the Dodgers last year. That was a great pickup. I think Ryan Thompson is pretty good. Poche, again, is is pretty good. Beeks, again, pretty good. And then the combination of Jason Adam and Pete Fairbanks, I think this is the most underrated top two in a bullpen in Major League Baseball. There's a lot of people who dive deep into the numbers, and some people are calling Pete Fairbanks the best reliever last year. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't go that far. Give me yeah, Edwin Diaz. Edwin give me o Diaz Class a. on line one. Yeah, give me a couple more guys. But there's a crowd out there that named Pete Fairbanks the best closer, or at least the best reliever in baseball last year from a stuff profile. But regardless, he's fantastic. And then Jason Adam, I mean, look at his savant page. It That's is crazy. It looks like Aaron Judge's savant page just as a reliever, it's crazy. I mean, both of these guys have fantastic stuff and I expect both of them to be in the twos next year. It's a better, it's, it's weaker than most years. Like most years they're in the top five. Right. But I think it's still better than the Phillies. I think you could even make the argument. It's better than 10 or nine on our list. They're in that conversation though. I think it's a lot of guys who, again, you may not know all of their names, but we're going to look back at the end of the year and say, oh, the Tampa Bay Rays bullpen finished six in the ERA. Right. I mean, right. Yeah. Uh, Kittredge is still recovering from Tommy John surgery. And like if they had Kittredge, they're a top 10 bullpen. Kittredge is a worthy Great. all-star. I think another name that would have added something for me personally is Luis Patino. And Patino might actually be in the starting rotation if they do send Taj Bradley to Durham to open the year and Bradley isn't the five on opening day. Um, it may very well, with Glass now being on the shelf again, 
be Patino as the five on opening day. And Patino, if he was in the bullpen, I think this guy can be really good in two innings in two inning spurts. I'm not sure that his his career as a starting pitcher is entirely over yet. I would say it's closer to the end than the beginning. This guy has shown flashes of the elite top 100 guy stuff that we once saw, but he's also sucked out loud for months at a time. I think if Patino was in this bullpen, they're top 10. I also wouldn't be surprised if Taj Bradley makes a big impact in this bullpen. Maybe the Rays don't view him as a starter right now, so they use him in kind of the following Jeffrey Springs or something like that. Like they go five with Springs, two with Bradley, something like that to give a different lefty-righty look. Here's the thing. Like a lot of the starters that do get bullpen auditions um, are command issue guys, right? Like DL Hall is a command issue guy. That's not Taj Bradley. Like Taj Bradley is under two walks per nine. Um, so I, I think that Bradley is Bradley's a lot closer to the McClanahan type prospect than I think many would expect. Bradley's going to be really good really quickly. That's what I think too. I was just, I wanted to point him out as someone who we could potentially see in the bullpen if they don't put him in the starting rotation immediately. Like if they say, we just want to see some innings out of you because he is a younger prospect. He's not this 24-year-old guy um so i just thought i'd throw that out there for the people um while we were recording i got two push notifications bears reach a four-year deal with tremaine edmonds linebacker from the bills and a three-year deal with uh titans guard nate davis so i feel really good about what the bears are doing right now and i want jackson smith and jigba on that team well Uh, all right hold on yeah remember my pick by a football bet that I sent out to all my subscribers. So far. Oh, I yeah, yeah, yeah. It. Yeah. Sign up for the Dub Club. There is a pick about the Chicago Bears in there. You might like it, Bears fans. Vikings, Packers, and um, Vikings, Packers. Who's the other team in the division? Lions. You may not like it. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Aaron Rodgers is a jet now. I love it. All right. Number 10, the San Diego Padres. Josh Hader, what do you make of Josh Hader? Robert Suarez just signed a lucrative extension to be a reliever in this bullpen. Luis Garcia, he may be the second best Luis Garcia in Major League Baseball, but guess what? He throws absolute fuzz. There's some depth here. I do think that there's a drastic fall off after that, but they do have some situational guys like a Tim Hill like a Nabil Chris Matt, Jose Lopez was picked up in the rule five from Tampa. He can be fine. And we'll see what Drew Pomerantz can give them. I think that there is a massive drop off after Hater Suarez and Garcia. I don't. Yeah. I mean, if we're talking about massive between those three guys versus you know, the field, the, the field. Yes. But I don't think it's a major drop off versus other bullpens, which I think is important to talk about. Like a Drew Pomerantz, we forget about him but he could easily make a huge impact in this bullpen maybe even as a starter we don't know yet Stephen Wilson is a guy who had a three ERA last year Tim Hill three five six Chris Matt two nine four yes it's not as shiny as hater but top to bottom it's not too bad it's really not too bad I would slightly lean the Rays over them but I think they're all in the same discussion because if Josh Hader looks like the Josh Hader that we're used to, right? this is better than the Rays because of Hader's potential of being the best reliever in baseball. 
But I think if Hader is 85% of what he was, give me the raise. So it's that close, in my opinion. I think this is a very solid bullpen. So assuming like max potential, Hader over Fairbanks. Suarez probably a little bit behind Jason Adam. I agree. But then Luis Garcia ahead of Jalen Beeks. Agreed. So and you could say Drew Pomerantz ahead of Colin Pochet, or you know, right. it, it starts to yes, it's a drop off, but it's not massive. I'd say right, right. So yeah, I I do think like there's something tantalizing about Josh Hader being in this bullpen that just makes me say okay, yeah, like yeah, they have to be in the top ten, um, yeah. and we'll get to that conversation at seven. But number nine is the Minnesota Twins. I think they have two guys that can be very good closers in major league baseball. And then what else do you got? Yoan Duran, Jorge Lopez, who they acquired at the deadline from Baltimore last year. And then Emilio Pagan, Griffin Jacks, Caleb Dealbar, whatever. Um, I was, I, I had the twins a little bit higher on the, the first draft of this list. And you convinced me to move them down. There's just something about the star power in those two names in Lopez and Duran in particular, that made me say, okay, like, if the starters get through six, you just have to buy time through one inning. But I think that's the problem with the Minnesota Twins because while they do have those studs at the top, and they are studs, they are absolute studs, but the reality is that the Minnesota Twins finished 16th in bullpen ERA last year, and that's even with a half season of Jorge Lopez who wasn't the same pitcher as he was with the Orioles. I right. like Griffin Jacks. I've seen some bullpens from him. The velocity has ticked up. It, a sick it, name, J-A-X. He, he gained a ton of velocity last year, and I think that's going to stick. I think he is very solid. I think Thielbar is pretty good, but at 36 years old, he's got a ton of strikeout stuff. I think he's a good sixth-inning guy there, but my issue, and this is why I would move them off this list entirely, is Emilio Pagan was not good last year. Just straight up not good. Jorge Alcala threw two innings last year. Giovanni Moran was very solid, but we just don't know much about him. Dennis Santana had a 5-2-2 ERA. So beyond Lopez, Duran, Jacks, there are some major question marks while in some of these other bullpens. Not as much, in my opinion. I like Thielbar. But if a starter has a rough time, they don't have a ton of solid guys to go to that can weather the storm. That's why I still feel like they're going to finish probably in the top 15 of bullpen ERA, but I don't think they're going to be in the top 10. And we have them at nine. Like, I think we're going to look back at this twins bullpen and think to ourselves, it's a little bit aggressive. Pagan, Tampa Bay Rays merchant, 2019 had a 2 3 ERA in 66 appearances. Yeah, the closer for Tampa. Like classic. 96 punch outs in 70 innings. Damn. And then like he goes to San Diego and it was like, hey, we have Emilio Pagan. And then at the end of the year, you look and he had a mid fours. Um, and then the twins, it was like, hey, we have Emilio Pagan. And you look at his ERAs in the mid fours. So talk about home runs. That dude gave oh, up home runs. He loves nukes, man. No, 12 homers him. in 63 innings, 16 and 63 in 2021. There's something about the big ball and, and home runs have always been a problem, but he's walking more guys than he ever has. And he's striking out fewer guys than he ever has. So um, I don't know. I'm expecting like a massive 
you could call last year Durant's breakout, but I'm expecting this massive breakout from Joan Durant where he may jump into the top five in that's, terms of relievers. That's more than fair. That's why the Twins should be considered within this because yeah. that top two of Durant and Lopez is elite. Elite, elite, elite. 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 Um, St. Louis, they've got one elite guys and then and then a bunch of really good guys. And they're at eight. This I love their tier. This is yes. a new tier, in my opinion. Brand new tier. I love their depth. I don't know how I feel about their top end talent anymore. Hmm. Ryan Helsley, I have no doubts about. Excellent. Giovanni Gallegos, has he lost a beat? We know how volatile relievers are. Gallegos, he was excellent. His first couple tours in St. Louis last year felt like he took a step back and, and Helsley fully grasped on to that closer role. Jordan Hicks, we haven't seen that guy available for a full season since. Do you have it in front of you? Like, I don't know. 60, he threw 61 innings, but it was, uh, you know, he was making spot starts. So it's not like he made right. a ton of appearances like three in the at a time. Yeah. But. I'm a big Palante guy. Another reason why I thought Team Mexico was pretty deep with Andre Palante. I still think Genesis Cabrera is a very good reliever. Um, even though he had a he struggled a lot last year, um, especially with his command, 20 walks and 44 innings. But I still think he has top of the line stuff. It's just about putting it together. Um, yeah, I mean, Chris Stratton wasn't very good last year, but I just have a firm belief that when Hicks isn't making starts, the Cardinals really want to push him to be a starter. But at the end of the day, like give him one inning and let him throw 105, like let him be that guy. And then when you combine that with Palante Gallegos and Helsley, it's hard to find a better front four, not just front two front four. And to your point about Gallegos taking a step back, I guess but a three ERA last year, and when the, uh, Ryan Helsley's throwing 102 and he has a one two ERA, you're going to get bumped off. You could he could have a two five and he's going to get bumped off. That's just right. the reality of the situation. So I still think Gallegos is fantastic. I think Palante back there is fantastic. I think Jordan Hicks could be fantastic, and Ryan Helsley is one of the best closers in baseball. Like Helsley was not much worse than Diaz or Class A last year. He, you could argue he was as good. I think some of the perceived step back here was he lost a bit of the command. Like he walked 18 in 59 innings as opposed to 20 in 80 innings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he wasn't used as often. Like the ERA is very similar, but again, we know how weird reliever yep. ERA can be. Um, I don't know what like the perfect stat to measure relievers is. And like, yes, it's holds, but what's the other one? Um Agreed. Holds, but like holds. I don't know, fifty-seven appearances, and he didn't really spend that much time on the IL. It was just like whenever there was a big moment, it was going to Helsley. Here's another take for you, uh, and I don't know, like it sucks to project that somebody's going to go down. Wainwright, Michaelis, Montgomery, Flaherty, Mats. Who are you confident in pitching an entire year? I think Palante will start more games than he comes out of the bullpen for. That's fair. That is fair. Um. I have confidence that Michaelis is going to give you like 400 and sure. How about the other four? How about the other four? Yeah. Wade Wright's going to throw. Okay. How about the other three? How about the other 60% of the rotation? I am excited for Jack Flaherty. I'm playing my flag. I'm excited for the Jack Flaherty. All I've heard listening to Katie Wu, who covers the Cardinals for the athletic. Yes. I heard Nolan Arenado say this too. It's the best Flaherty's looked in a, in a long time. 
and he is yeah he is ready to be back in that rotation and be a big piece and I'm excited because I still remember I played him in high school and he was the best athlete I've ever seen at least on a field um he was playing shortstop he was pitching he was hitting he was the fastest player on the field he's an incredible athlete and I still think that he's going to be a good pitcher in this league will he be that 2019 version probably not but that's a question for another day we you know, we talked about rotations, but I do want to say I am confident in Flaherty this year. Yeah. All right. Here's the conversation. Number seven is the Mets. Edwin Diaz, Edwin O. Diaz. Now, by the way, did you know that it's now Michael Soroka and not Mike Soroka? It's funny. I heard that, internalized it, but never thought about it. Yeah. So <laughs> like I was, I was just looking at it yesterday and I was like, oh, wow, it's Michael Soroka now. And it's not Edwin Diaz. Now it's Edwin O. Diaz. Yeah. Uh, but nothing will ever be worse than Josh H. Smith. Yeah. Josh the Rangers. Smith. Josh H. Like the H but, throws me off. But that's, that's when you just call him Josh Smith. I like it. Right. Um, your words. So I I texted you that I thought Edwin Diaz was far and away the best reliever in baseball last year. And like, I understand the rebuttal when it comes to class a and Devin Williams and Ryan Helsley, but what Diaz did like a 50.2% K rate last year is absurd. A FIP under one is absurd. So Diaz best closer in baseball, best reliever in baseball. Then you have guys that are solid. I think I place a lot more stock in one guy at the back end than the depth. And I think you may skew the other way. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, when we were debating about this list, I totally saw where you were coming from because you were placing an importance on the front three. Right. Uh, Because, you know, those you expect your starter to go five, six innings and then go to these three guys. And when it comes to that, the Mets should be higher. Because Edwin O. Diaz <laughs> is the best reliever in baseball. Adam Ottavino was incredible last year. But if I know one thing about Adam Ottavino, it's been inconsistency kind of his entire career. Yeah. The slider is either playing or it's not. And in an eighth inning role at 37 years old, I like him. But will he repeat? Probably not. Like if you look at Edwin Diaz or Adam Ottavino's career, and it's been a lengthy one. He doesn't have a ton of years where he's gone back-to-back elite. He just hasn't. David Robertson, again, 38 years old. Yeah, Is he going to be a 3.70 RAA guy? He's projected 3.66 on Fangrass. He's good, but like, how much longer is 91 going to play? Brooks Raley, I like, but 35 years old. Drew Smith, I like, but hasn't shown us a ton. We don't know that much about him. I like the pickup of John Curtis a lot. Again, but could he be a a raise merchant? Yes, he could. And then it's like Eliezer Hernandez. Like it's that it's so top heavy, and even at the top, there are some questions. Now, those questions could be answered in the sense of Adam Adovito turns in a great year, and David Robertson continues to outperform Father Time. But as a betting man. If I'm looking at the Mets late in games and Edwin Diaz has thrown three straight games, I'm worried that they'll blow the lead. Yeah. If there is one weakness on the Mets, it's this bullpen. Can I, give the, can I give you the wild card of all wild card? But what we're doing, which I feel like we shouldn't be, and maybe like this list is coming off weird because 
we're not shining praise on any of these guys yet. No, we're I mean, we're like, we're just these are the question marks. But, but here's the, the thing: best bullpen in Major League Baseball. Here's the thing, man. Like, even the best have question marks. Edwin Diaz, if you look at his career, it is like a pendulum that is swinging with Edwin Diaz. Let let me walk you through just like again reliever ERA. Take do with it what you will year by year. 2017, 327. 2018, 196. 2019, 559. 2020, 175. 2021, 345. Last year, 131. Would it shock you to see a four ERA? No. Yes, it would shock me, but like his baseball reference would reach equilibrium again. Nothing shocks me about relievers anymore. That's the thing. It's like class A could have a five ERA next year. And I wouldn't be shocked. It's that's just the only that. one. <laughs> no, but seriously, that's these are just guys where it's like sometimes your command isn't there for an inning and you give up four runs in an inning and it's just yes. different. Like they have such a smaller sample size. It's so dependent on situation. It's really tough to predict relievers and to rank relievers. It's the hardest position maybe in sports to do. Yes. Um, wild card of all wild cards. Bryce Montez de Oka. Forearm strain, shit. I yeah, hope right. it's not bad. That may be a couple months, but if it's minor, like the Yankees view Rodon's, if Bryce Montez de Oka comes back, he's the second best reliever in here because he throws 103 with like insane ride. He throws a 103 mile hour cutter. I, you just don't, it's class A, like, but it's harder. I mean, you just don't see these type of things. And that's why it's so tough with relievers sometimes. Like Blake Trinan is another example of the Dodgers who throws 98 mile an hour bowling ball sinkers and it, it doesn't stay on the field. But doesn't stay on the field. It's just relievers are it's a crapshoot. Insane. And like you look at Fire Eisen, who the Dodgers just picked up, and Alex Reyes. Like these guys were so good for half a year. Yeah, for like 40 innings. Fuck. What yeah. what does that do for us? I don't know. Uh, all right. Number six is the Yankees. They're struggling with health right now. If everybody was healthy, they may be two or three. Problem is they're not healthy right now. Scott Efros is a TJ victim. He's out for the entirety of this year. Yep. Guys that are on the mend right now, uh, aside from Holmes, Loisega, and Michael King, who do look available, uh, who's shelved at the moment? Trevino? Tommy Canely, bicep tendonitis. Yeah. That's frightening. Um, I like Ron Marinaccio a lot. I know you love Ron Marinaccio. Greg Weissert is like a weird pitching ninja type shit that Weissert yeah. has. Um, Albert Abreu can show it in spurts. Wandy Peralta is the the wily Albert, vet. Albert, Albert Abreu sucks. That's okay. fair. Yeah. Wandy Peralta is the wily vet. He's great. Um, but like, I don't know. I think that we don't see eye to eye on Clay Holmes. Um, I love Loisega. Loisega sucked for a couple months last year, but then he was awesome. Clay Holmes was <laughs> awesome last year, but he's never been that in his life before. Yeah. What is Clay Holmes in 2023? I think Clay Holmes is one of the better relievers in Major League Baseball. I really do. I think that sinker plays. I mean, that sinker plays. It's 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 a Blake Trinan type sinker. It's 97 miles an hour with incredible horizontal movement. It is one of the toughest pitches to square up. Then you look at a guy like Jonathan Loisega. Alex Bregman called him the toughest pitcher that he has to face in all of Major League Baseball. And then you go down the line too. Michael King 
before he went down with that elbow injury was playing at an all-star level. Wandy Peralta, again, was great for the Yankees last year. Ron Marinacho has incredible stuff. Greg Weiser, the reason he's on pitching ninja is because the slider moves like three feet. Yeah. They have a lot of really good guys, and that's not even including Lou Trevino and Tommy Canely, who will both return this season. Imagine if you had Scott Efros, who they traded Hayden Wesneski for. When all healthy, I think you can make the argument this might be the best bullpen in baseball. Without those two and questions about who truly is going to be the closer, I think this is the spot for them. But when I look at the Yankees, this might be the unit I'm most confident in. You better be because they're going to get fucking put to the test with what's going on in the starting rotation. But also knowing the Yankees, these names that we ran through, four of them are going to be hurt in four months. That's the problem. They're either going to be hurt or have a seven ERA. The thing is, I think they're either going to be great or hurt. I don't think there's there's not a lot of blowups in this. In this, I I see what you're saying about Clay Holmes is where it's like do it again, but the stuff plays like it's just it's not a guy who throws ninety two who just like got a lot of ground ball outs. So you're like you watch him and it's just like how is he doing it? Yeah. The stuff is elite. Loisaga's stuff is elite. Michael King's curveball is elite. Mar Nacho, Weiser, their sliders that the Yankees teach are elite. You just got to stay on the field. And there's a lot of blow up there where I think to myself, right now it's Trevino. Right now it's Tommy Canely. But in a couple months, the list is going to be bigger. Yeah. Garrett Cole, Luis Severino, Nestor Cortez, Domingo Herman, Clark Schmidt is the projected opening day five-man rotation. Get Johnny Brito in this rotation, man. <laughs> Brito's my guy. Warren. Or Will Warren, dude. Will Warren, yeah, he may need to just show it and triple. Like, yeah, I, he, I understand. Ah, give Davey another audition. Why not? Fuck that. No. Dude, <laughs> I love Davey. Uh, uh, maybe, but uh, I I like Clark Schmidt a lot. Domingo Herman, fuck him. <laughs> Seattle. Yeah, I, I'm not confident in the Yankees at all. Moving on, top five. The Seattle Mariners are the fifth best bullpen in baseball. Paul Seawald is the projected closer, although Andres Munoz may be the best reliever in this bullpen. Munoz, mm-hmm. Paul Seawall, Diego Castillo, who they acquired via trade. How about Matt Brash, who may look to be awesome again? There's some serious depth here and some really, really good talent. Penn Murphy, Matt Festa, Chris Flexen have not mentioned these guys. They can go eight deep in that bullpen. Um, this is, I feel like, a, a new tier. That was going to be my opening line. New tier. No questions. You got any question marks? I don't You look at it. And I think realistically four guys could close. Seawald will be the closer and he's very good. Munoz could end up being the best reliever in baseball by season's end. Diego Castillo has closed before he closed last year and is still just 29 years old. We should expect great stuff from him. Matt Brash talking about Weissert, talking about Ron Marinacho, talking about pitching Ninja. Yeah. He'll be on there a ton. Brash is those. Yeah, those four are fantastic. 
And there's not as much blow up as there is with the Yankees. Like I look at a guy like Penn Murphy. I still think he's the definition of solid Trevor got. I like that addition from the Brewers. I always thought Trevor got was in a Brewers bullpen. One of the more underrated guys. Cause I think he has pretty good stuff. And Matt Festa down there, like Matt Festa is way better than Albert Abreu. <laughs> like this Mariners bullpen, I think maybe should be even higher than five. I think it's fantastic. And no wonder they could trade Eric Swanson getting Teoscar Hernandez because Swanson is just a drop in the bucket for them. It was a perfect deal for them. I I, I think they absolutely nailed it. Um, and I think going to get Colton Wong for Milwaukee was also a, a great deal for them as well. Like they realized that they could try and make you know, obviously Wong has his own flaws and Teoscar has his own flaws, but in terms of like units, okay, look at the catching position. We're good with Cal Raleigh and the backups starting pitchers. We're good with what we got bullpen. We're great with what we got. Let's trade from that surplus infield. We need an improvement at second base. Okay. Let's go get Colton Wong outfield. Let's get an improvement in a corner. Okay. Let's go get Teoscar Hernandez who was surplus in Toronto. Like they did an excellent job. Jerry DePoto did an excellent job at finding any weakness and trying to make it a little bit better. That's why I'm jumping on the Mariners bandwagon this year. Love How this team. How can you not? How can you not? Um, yeah. There was another guy in the Casey Sadler, another one. Like, don't sell Sadler yet. And Isaiah Campbell, another guy. Like, I'm not willing to sell there. Um, all right. Number four is the Atlanta Braves. And Atlanta, you could say, hey, why is Seattle behind Atlanta when Seattle is so much deeper? Because I think that those top two in Atlanta, borderline best top two in the game, man, with Rysel Iglesias, who was sub one ERA last year, one earned run, and I want to say like 24 innings after the the trade. Yeah, with the Brave. Yeah. Uh, And then AJ Minter was. Elite, both those guys are are top 15 on our top 10 relief pitchers, which is live at justbaseball.com. After that, Joe Jimenez, really solid arm. Colin McHugh can spin you to death. Nick Anderson, if he looks anything like the Nick Anderson we saw in Tampa, that's the steal of all steals. Dylan Lee, maybe okay. Kirby Yates was once an all-star, maybe okay. There are a lot of options that they can turn to. How do you feel about 36-year-old Lucas Litke? Who cares? Who cares? Is my answer the to rest that. of it's good. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. I mean, he's going to be fine. He's Lucas Lickie is a Yankee fan. Fantastic in low leverage situations. Not as good in high leverage, but he's the last reliever. So he's going to be great in low leverage situations. The Braves do an excellent job of maintaining a high floor while also the potential is best bullpen in baseball. Yes. I mean, if Nick Anderson is Nick Anderson, like he was with the Rays, he might be the best bullpen arm in this bullpen. That's how good he was with Tampa. And that's counting Rossio Iglesias, who, when he went over to Atlanta, could not be touched. Andres Munoz hopes he has the career that A.J. Minter has had so far, Yeah, right? Joe Jimenez with the Tigers was excellent, and I think it's going to be one of those guys who's just reinvigorated by going from Detroit to Atlanta. I think he's going to be awesome. Colin McHugh is the definition of, here's my curveball, try and hit it, and you can't. And then Dylan Lee has just been, he was a mainstay last year. I think he's very solid. And the reason I say potential is because, again, Kirby Yates, Nick Anderson, if they can give you close to what they gave you, Kirby Yates with the Padres, Nick Anderson with the Rays, every single one of those guys I named 
can close out games. Every single one. Now, there's some boom or bust because Kirby Yates has not really been healthy. No. Nick Anderson, we are all projecting because of what we saw, but the wild card, no idea. But the reason they have such a high floor is because Iglesias is going to be great. Minter is going to be fantastic. We assume Joe Jimenez is, and he was really good for the Tigers last year. And yeah. call me cute. So they already have the top with Dylan Lee, of course. Yeah. And then you have the potential of two former all-star level closers. I love this bullpen. Another name to watch. If anybody goes down, Victor Vodnik is waiting in AAA. Vodnik, Arm and I were both shocked, didn't go in the Rule 5 draft. Victor Vodnik last year, seven appearances in double, 24 in triple. So 31, 34 and two-thirds innings, a 2-3-4 ERA punched out 47. Vodnik is one of the best minor league relievers in the game. He's 22 years old. He's a reliever, been a reliever from the jump. Those guys never make top 100 lists. Those guys are never blue chip prospects, but just know it, it's, it's the Ron Marinaccio conversation. When Marinaccio came up and pitched for the Yankees, I think people knew that like he was going to be good because the numbers were excellent in the minor leagues. That's the deal with Victor Vodnik. Victor Vodnik is cut from that cloth. So they've got backup plans as well. So much potential here. So yes. much. Number three is the Cleveland Guardians. And they have, I think, the most bust-proof reliever in baseball. And I said it yesterday, um, the next reliever to get a bust in Cooperstown, I bet, in Emmanuel Classe. Then you've got James Karinchak, Trevor Steffen, Nick Sandlin, friend of the program, Eniel De Los Santos, Eli Morgan, Tim Heron, Cody Morris. They have so many options that are really good. And it starts with Class A for the ninth. He may be the best reliever in baseball next year. You look at their projected um, bullpen. Class A, Karinchak, Steffen, Sandlin, Santos, Morgan, Heron, Morris. The highest ERA last year was from Eli Morgan, who had a 3-3-8. Yeah. As a team, they finished fifth in team ERA. This might be the safest bullpen in all of baseball because to your point, Emmanuel Classe, we're talking about bust proof. He's that. Karen Check wasn't bust proof, and we found that out. Even got sent back down to the minors. But then when he came back up, Finished the season with a 208 ERA, 62 Ks in 39 innings. Hard to find a guy like that. And we're talking about bravado on the mound. He's got it. Stefan was great last year. 269. Sandlin, who's a friend of the Just Baseball Show. We had him on the podcast. Great reliever. Like, it's not the sexiest names, but from a production standpoint, it's hard to get better than Cleveland. Now, I would probably take the Braves over them. I might take the Mariners. But Cleveland is as safe as humanly possible. You don't, some things could go wrong with Seattle. Some things could go wrong with Atlanta. I don't know how it could go wrong with Cleveland. And that's why I understand them being at three. They were, um, there was a stretch, I think, right after the All-Star break, and I, I put it out on Twitter, and I was just trying to find the tweet, but it was like, it was like a three-week stretch where the bullpen had like a sub-one ERA, or an ERA just over one. I, it was everybody that they ran out after Cal, or after McKenzie. It was like, 
the okay. game turns off. It turns off. And it when you off. have a defense like that behind them, and when Karen check is that good again, I mean, say goodnight. If it's if you don't have a lead against the Guardians after five, game's probably over. Game's probably over because even a ball in the gap, they got outfielders who can go get it. And maybe that's why the ERAs are lower because the Guardians, they're just a pitching team who plays defense and they know how to play the game behind Terry Francona. But that's the reality. That's what we're looking at. And like when we look at a bullpen like this, there's no breaks. Yeah. They're not the sexiest names, but there's no off day. Like even yeah. on a even a game where Eli Morgan has to shelve the load, he's he had the worst CRA last year at 338. There's no yeah. breaks. Um, there is one glaring problem with the Cleveland Guardians, and it is the four and five in the rotation, and that's Savali and Plesak. And and the bullpen can help alleviate that. But I pose you a would you rather. I give you a hat full of names. Xavion Curry, Joey Cantillo, Hunter Gaddis, Connor Pilkington, Peyton Battenfield, fuck Tuki Toussaint, throw him in there. Logan Allen, throw him in there. I give you a name of that. In I give you those names in a hat and you pick one out of there to start a game, games four and five, or you go Savali and Plesak. Which one are you choosing? Probably Savali and Plesak. Out of the name, over the names out of the hat? It's a tough one. That's the thing. Right, like, now, right now, yes. I mean, obviously, and maybe even by midseason, no. But I think in April, in, the spring. in April, Plesak and Savali. I think I think Savali is a nothing burger, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, I think Plesak's a nothing burger. Right. I mean, Plesak's yeah. also a jackass. So, yeah. But they're probably four two ERA guys. And it's just like, yeah, they'll throw. And then you have the bullpen. So it's like they'll give up three runs in five innings. That's even worse than a four two ERA. But then if the Guardians score four, the game's probably over. Yeah. Like the win losses don't matter. But I bet Plesak and Svali, if they stay healthy and they pitch to what they should, they'll both probably go 11 and eight. With a four four ERA, yeah, like they'll probably win more games than they lose with those two guys on the mound, which is not due to them. It's just due to the Guardians as a whole, right? All right, uh, welcome to the Dodgers show. They are number two: Evan Phillips, Alex Vesia, Bruce Star Gratterall. I listed as the big three. But then you've got Caleb Ferguson, Yancy Almonte, Shelby Miller, who like is kind of seeing a career resurgence in the bullpen. Phil Bickford, Jimmy Nelson. Uh, JP Fireeyes and don't know what his timetable is. Trinan doesn't look likely. Um, like they've got their four man like IL of relievers right now, and Fireeyes and Hudson, Alex Reyes, and Trinan is a top ten bullpen in its own right, maybe top five yeah. in its own right. Yeah. But the guys that they do have healthy in Phillips, Vesia, Gratterall, Ferguson, Almonte, Bickford, Nelson, it's overwhelming. Yeah, they're like the Yankees with a higher floor. Yeah, um, because they are also dealing with those injuries, so. Um, but when you put those four fire eyes and Hudson Reyes and Trinan in this, it's the best bullpen in baseball. And it's not that close. At least I think so. No, I'm because with you. Every single guy in their bullpen can close games. And it's hard to find that Evan Phillips developed as one of the best relievers in baseball last year. Vesia hard to find a better lefty Gratterall. He's not the strikeout guy, but he limits runs and he has great stuff. And I don't know why guys don't swing and miss, but whatever. Caleb Ferguson was awesome. Yancy Almonte was awesome. Phil Bickford was not awesome, but he's better than what he showed last year. And even a guy like Jimmy Nelson, Shelby Miller, like if Shelby Miller looks like what we think he can look like with the Dodgers tooling with some of his stuff, and then you add those four, I mean, 
this could be one of the best bullpens in a very long time. That's how good it is. So with with everything the Dodgers do for starting pitchers, they do it exponentially more with relievers. Like you think the starter bump that you get from going to the Dodgers, like everybody's buying Noah Syndergaard stock right now. Uh, I'd be buying reliever stock from everybody that makes their way to the Dodgers. So they know what they're doing. And yeah, man, I this has the potential. And like not all four of those guys in the IL are going to throw this year. That's just not the case. But, you know, if everybody on the roster was fully healthy, I, I'm with you. It's so far and away number one. But number one is the reigning World Series champ, Houston Astros. Ryan Presley is the closer. You could argue there are two or three guys that may be better than him on a given night as the setup man. Rafael Montero, Brian Abreu, who is awesome. Hector Neris, Ryan Stanek, Phil Maton. Wow. Hey, that three-headed monster, hell, four-headed monster of Presley, Montero, Abreu, and Neris is the shit that you see in your nightmares. When I realized how good the Astros bullpen is, and I always thought they were best, second best, but when I, last year especially, was in the playoffs when 1.15 ERA, Ryan Stanek, they didn't really use him. I mean, it's just overwhelming. And that's why they finished first in ERA last year. Presley's as good as it gets as a closer. He's just fantastic. Brian Abreu, like people are talking about Andres Munoz being the guy to take that kind of next step and be, you know, solidify himself as one of the best. Same with Brian Abreu. He's that good. Rafael Montero, he's just figured something out. I remember when he when he was on the Mets and he sucked. Now he's unfreaking believable. For the Astros to give him a three-year extension, you know that they found something in Montero, and he had a two-three-seven, and I expect him to be just as good next year. Hector Neris is a stud. Ryan Stanek is a stud. Phil Maton is a dog. Yeah, maybe that's stud, a little stud, much. Stud, dog, Maton, but he's still good. Like he's definitely a, good a puppy. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I guess what separates why I think the Dodgers could be so much better is because the Dodgers have maybe slightly worse top end talent, but when healthy, they just have more arms more than depth. the Astros do. But from one to six, the Astros are number one. And the thing is with the Astros too, you don't really see seven and eight come out that much. No, you only see them in blowouts because they don't need them. They get five or six on the starters. Then they go three deep and it's, it's a different kind of bullpen because they win every day. And and they do this freaky thing with arm care. I, I have no idea what they do, but like those state secrets should be sought after by 29 other major league organizations because they had, I think, seven guys make starts for them last year. Um, nobody missed starts. The only one that's been bit by the injury bug in the last two years is Lance McCullers. Yeah, and that might be there's nothing that can solve that. It's just how he throws, and he may never have a healthy career because right. if the Astros can't figure it out, what? Like the Yankees like, going to figure it out? They're just going to make it worse. Fuck. He may never pitch again if he signs with the Yankees. Amen, dude. But, like, these motherfuckers are not going down. Like, they nope. are not getting hurt. So there's something nope. the Astros are stressing, whether it's arm care, whether it's diet, whether it's, like, a certain workout plan or a certain Look at Verlander, plan. man. 175 year at 39. Only time he missed, like, the only reason he missed time is because of a calf thing. It wasn't an arm thing. It wasn't because they were overthrowing him or anything. Like, You're right. It was just a calf. Like, that. It's a freak thing, and it's just 
And then he came back in the playoffs. It was totally fine. Framber is a 200 inning guy. Like Javier is supposed to take that next step up. You know, Luis Garcia is going to throw 175 innings. He's made of like, ball. he's elastic. I, I don't know what. Jose Urquidy could, I think, throw 300 pitches at a game with his. Urquidy could smoke a SIG while throwing yeah. pitches. Like Urquidy, if anybody's going to smoke a SIG while throwing a complete game, it's Jose Urquidy. No doubt about it. So it's almost again, that. Uh, remember that LSD story? I'm not yeah, saying Doc Ellis Urquidy could do it. Yeah, Doc Ellis. Like, Urquidy would be our modern-day Doc Ellis of a guy who could probably take LSD and throw, like, a no-hitter or something. I don't think so. Like, if anybody's going to take LSD and pitch a Major League Baseball game, I know it's Clevenger. Like, <laughs> absolutely Clevenger. But uh, it probably does. Urquidy just kind of seems like that grizzled vet, that, like, long drag of a cig. And it's like, all right, yeah. time, time to go fire up the yeah. wing. Let's get yeah. it. How did you warm up? A couple cigs, a beer, <laughs> did a lap. <laughs> All right, the uh, the three honorable mentions: Tampa, the Phillies, and the Blue Jays. Uh, number ten, the Padres. Number nine, the Twins. Cardinals were eight. Mets seven. Yankees six. Mariners five. Braves four. Top three: Cleveland. Number three. Uh, the Dodgers. Number two. And the Houston Astros. We think have the best bullpen in baseball going into twenty twenty three. Plug your stuff. So many podcasts on the Just Baseball Network. So many. Instead of going through them all. I'm going to ask the listeners of Just Baseball Show to click on the link tree, which is in the episode description. It has all the links to all the baseball and basketball podcasts on the Just Sports Network. How about just college hoops? You want to get your college basketball, Phil? How about that? Hey, NBA. we got the voice of Vermont hosting that. Brian McLaughlin, uh, one of our Just Baseball contributors when it comes to betting crabs uh, is on Vermont to go to the Sweet 16 as a 15 seed. So Look at that. I'd go listen to the pod and hear about these catamounts. I'd listen to that pod. Tons of other ones, of course. Um, I do want to plug the arm barn with Tucker Davidson again. Great interview with Patrick Sandoval, like yes. the pitcher for Team Mexico. Um, talk to him about that matchup. Really cool insight. Um the call up, obviously. I mean, we could just go through all of them. Check that out in the link tree. If you want to support our podcast, best way to do so is to get yourself some just baseball merch. I'm rocking the hat. I'm rocking a tee. If you guys want to go check that out, it is in the episode description. But if you don't want to spend a dime, we totally understand. If you could rate this podcast five stars, whether that be on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, on Spotify, we're around 840-ish five-star reviews. We want to get that up to a thousand. We would greatly, greatly appreciate if you guys could help us get get us there. And with that, thanks. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.